It has been said that the one thing people love more than to see a hero triumphant is to see a hero fail, fall, die trying. And <laughs> there's another saying, pride comes before the fall. I think uh, both of those uh, sayings, dictums, maxims, whatever you want to say, uh, factor into today's issue of Spider-Man that I'll be reviewing. This is MJ, I love Spider-Man, and today I want to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man, issue 3, all the way back from 1963. So first off, this is a great issue of Spider-Man. It's a, a good single-story comic. There is, uh, <laughs> there's some, I think, unintentional comedy. There's some, uh, is there any pur purposeful comedy? I don't think so. I think it was deadly serious, but, um... Overall, really good issue. Uh, excellent, excellent art, which is what I'm going to... Or, well, I'm not even highlighting the half of the great panels that are in this uh, in this comic. Um, but anyway, uh, the art's fantastic. The writing was really strong. I think the dialogue was better than before. There was a lot of internal monologue, though, too, uh, as well. And, uh, gosh, I don't know. The conceit about why Dr. Octopus, who was known as Dr. Octopus before he became the villain Dr. Octopus, which I found an interesting detail, um, pretty interesting, the way that, that he worked. Um, and uh, I guess it was interesting, it kind of gets into the psychology of Dr. Octopus, and that was something I had never really thought of too much before, uh, especially like the depi the depiction of him... Um, well, you both understand why he would be the way he would be, uh, but then you also understand why he would, uh, not only become a villain or, or become villainous, but then why he would never be, uh, able to be reasoned with, so to speak. I guess, uh, the comic book version of Dr. Octopus really casts him as a, uh, a total villain who cannot be changed, cannot be redeemed, and, uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. It actually doesn't, uh delve into the nuance of that, but I guess being, uh, you know, born decades after this story was written, uh, my mind is set to, uh, redemption of villains and to healing and to all those sorts of things. But back in the day, they didn't think about those sorts of things so much. And, uh, you know, it was good old fashioned, good versus evil. Um, <laughs> and it was just that simple black and white, you know, maybe there was a, your villains were tragic, uh, because it was sad that they were reduced from, you know, once great men to, uh, you know, to bad guys. But, uh, you know, that's all they became, bad guys, and it was just too bad. So first of all, we've got a great cover by Steve Ditko. You can see on the pipes under Spider-Man's feet, uh, Ditko is written on one of them. Because that could be the brand of the pipe manufacturer, but it's also him signing off on his work. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I don't know this for sure. I need to do a little bit of research. I think Ditko did coloring as well as uh, line art. So, pretty cool. Um, I really love the look of this original... Is it a bat? Anyway, I really love the look of this original Spider-Man suit with the webs on it. Um, they run from his elbows to, like, his hips, I guess? Or I wonder if they, like, terminate on his butt or, or where they go. But anyway, I love Doc Ock half in shadow on this cover. It just looks really good. He's very menacing, very imposing. And, uh... I, I, all the blurb on the front of it is really fun, and I wonder what the process is uh, for that being put in. But regardless, um, we've got this really cool splash page. 
with uh, this weird lettering for the Dr. Octopus. Like, it almost looks like coral or rock or I'm not sure what, but it's pretty neat. Um, and I like, uh, I don't think on the cover they advertised that uh, Johnny Storm was going to make an appearance in this comic. Um, but they do on the splash page or I guess the inner covers. It's kind of more an inner cover than it is. I guess, well, anyway, yeah, it, it's more like an inner or secondary cover, but I guess that's maybe what a splash page is. Anyway, uh, I think that's neat. Um, I mean, it's simple. It does the job. If you're flipping through on the stands, uh, you're going to say, hey, I like that Fantastic Four. Uh, you know, the invisible lady is real cute, and Johnny Storm is a cool guy, and he's going to be in this. I definitely want to check it out. I really love the levels of, of abstraction that comics let you get into. Like, look at all this white space. And, uh, like, Johnny Storm in the little box, you know, it's his head and his hand. And they're connected by, I don't know what you'd call, like an outlining around them uh, that joins him together. But also obscures the need to draw his neck, his shoulders, his uh, forearm, uh, <laughs> any part of his arm. Um, and then there's that, you know, black and purple or whatever, the wavy lines around him, just to make him pop. And, uh... Like I said, then you've got uh, Octavius with, um, he's just in a white background and it looks like he's standing on a yellow circle. What is that supposed to represent? The sun or light? It honestly made me think, you know, the power of the sun in the palm of my hand, even though I know that came, you know, decades later. Um, and it definitely wasn't, I mean, other than the fact that he was working in a nuclear facility, it had nothing to do with this issue. Uh, but that image shouldn't even evoke the sun or radiation or nuclear energy to me. Um, but it does, and besides that, it just works. Uh, I don't know. Again, uh, comics are great, and uh, I enjoy them. But you've heard me say that before, or you don't need me to... If you're here checking this out, you probably think that too, so I don't really need to belabor that point, so I will continue with the review. So I was reading uh, in the guided view of the app, and I found it interesting that most of the panels were, uh, or a lot of them in the action uh pages, which is most of the comic, were uh, square, and I think it was kind of two vertical, two columns, and three rows, and uh, that, you know, so there were six panels per page, and they divided up the action really nicely. Um, there's uh, this great intimidating Doc Ock coming, he's all shadowed uh, against a bright yellow background, and uh, even the hallway that he's coming down is half in shadow, and his tentacles are... Uh, coming out protruding through and they're not um they don't have shadow they're they're lit i guess you could say and um he's uh i guess he's just looking for spider-man or i don't even know what he's doing at this point in the comic but um it's all part of him uh you know seeking to you know proclaim himself as the most powerful man in the world and uh i don't know it's just interesting this uh this uh hubris and this ego that he has um that pushes him towards the villainy, and uh, I just love how effectively menacing he looks and gets to be throughout the story, because he does do some serious damage. Um, and then we've got great stuff, like, uh, I didn't uh, grab an image of this, but Spider-Man uses the uh, technique where he slingshots himself again with his webs, you know, pulling against two things, except he uses trees to hop over the fence uh, to get into this nuclear facility where Doc Ock is, and then he's, uh, you know, he just scales the wall and searches for him, but I really like the image that we get because it's from above and um you know the perspectives you know decent it's not 100 percent. i'd probably give it like a 90 but just spider-man looks so cool climbing up the wall the webs um running you know down his arms actually those are 
those are kind of off <laughs> when I look at it closely, but it just, it looks cool overall. The effect of the image is very cool. It feels, you can feel the motion. You can feel the motion of him climbing the walls and uh, it's just, it's just, it's really great. Um, another thing I really like, and I, I need to find out, like I said earlier, if Ditko did the coloring too, is you've got Spider-Man coming across a, a corner or turning a corner as he's in this nuclear plant and he's trying to figure out a way to beat Octavius because he was beaten before. I mean, Spider-Man was beaten before and he doesn't know how he's going to defeat this guy. Um, but he's got, you know, but he's going to try. Anyway, he's crawling around a corner and half of his suit is blending in to the wall that he's climbing on. Uh, he's coming around the corner on and it's, he was probably crawling on the ceiling before then because it is kind of silly that he'd be just on the wall for no good reason <laughs> except for that fact that he's uh you know spider-man um but anyway uh i just really love how cool that is how effective it is and there's even like a weird little detail where you can see like his elbow poking out and there's a little sliver of the wall or the hallway that you can see behind him and like Dicko could have been lazier and just blended it all together into a black mask, but he did that extra work, and uh, it's just extra fine little details that I really like that really tickle me. Uh, again, um, I mentioned that in, and I, I'm trying to make this as light on spoilers as possible, even though it's a, you know, 50-year or 70-year-old story, 67. Anyway, I didn't know math, uh, but um, Spider-Man is defeated in this issue. I'm pretty sure it says something about it on the cover, and uh, he makes a comeback. And the way he makes a comeback is by using the science. No, he, uh, you know, Peter, we, I think every single issue we've seen him either working with beakers and, um, you know, other, you know, science-y stuff. In, like, you know, there's the microscope from um, Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Then we get to see him working with beakers. Like, basically in every class or in every issue, they show him in science class at some point. Uh, it's not like he's doing it in every single class. It'd be stupid. But they show him in science class and so they show the other kids making fun of him. But that part of him that is mocked and derided is the part of him that enables him to um, defeat uh, Doc Ock in the end. And what's really cool about that is that uh, a big part of the problem... Uh, or a big part, well, yeah, a big part of the problem this issue is Peter. Peter Parker is Spider-Man's weakness. And um, that is, uh, it's really great. Um, it's it's fun. You know, I, I mentioned in the last review that I was surprised that, you know, he was flush with cash. Uh, he paid the rent for like a whole year. And it seemed weird to me that by the end of the issue, Spider-Man or Peter Parker had no issues. Um... Spider-Man had solved Peter Parker's problems and I'm just not used to that. So I was wondering what exactly was going to happen. And it turns out that kind of like in Spider-Man three, um, he's riding high and he forgets to be humble. He becomes arrogant and full of himself, which is the same thing. And the, in the beginning of the issue, I think on the first page, he's talking about, you know, I go after all these guys and no one can lick me. And, uh, he's just so pompous. He's, he's actually wishing for a challenge um, for somebody to defeat him, which, you know, there are, you can have a whole long conversation about, oh, uh, you know, people need to be challenged in life. Otherwise life becomes like not worth living and things like that. But we're going to push that discussion off for now, but maybe keep that in mind, uh, as you're going through your trials that, uh, you know, if you didn't have them, where would you be? Anyway, um, I know it's easy for me to say, but believe me, I'm struggling too. Anyway, uh, which again is part of the reason I identify with Peter so much. Um, 
but you know, so he he becomes arrogant. Uh, you know, he's got himself this fancy uh, like spider flashlight thing on his belt buckle, which is dope. I I love that. Anyway, um, uh, and you know, things are going well for him. I think even the police are turning around and starting to like him or feel pretty okay about him because he keeps dropping off crim criminals for them to arrest. Um, so obviously he's helping people and it's it's positive overall. But then, uh, like I said, he's so arrogant. Um, because he was a weak person, because he was powerless, because he had all these things going against him, once he got it, uh, himself in a better position, and because it was sort of easy for him to do those things, um, obviously, you know, there's still the, the grief and sorrow of losing Uncle Ben, but like, you know, in the moment, um, you know, with the spider powers and with, uh, like, it, that gives him a unique ability to capture pictures of Spider-Man and his villains, and Jonah... Uh, is willing to pay top dollar for those and it really does put him in, in a unique position so I really like that uh, they went ahead and gave him the warts and flaws that um, despite how good things were going uh, if he lost balance in his life it could trip him up and cause him to uh, have greater issues to ratchet up the drama to keep things interesting because ultimately that's what we need we need for a heroic story to be uh, interesting and to continue to be interesting by presenting new challenges to the character and those can be internal external in this case they're really both because uh, I do believe Doc Ock is superior to Spider-Man uh, in his abilities you know with the eight limbs he's a really smart guy uh, he's probably smarter than Peter is um, Octavius is probably smarter than Peter is and Doc Ock uh, I think <sighs> It's so vague. I think he has super strength because of the radiation, but for sure his arms are super strong and he can control them as if they're part of his body. So that alone gives him a strength advantage. Uh, I mean, like they're metal. They can't be, you know, broken or, you know, they can and can't be, but it's not like you can break his hand if you, you know, chop up one of the tentacles or whatever. And Spider-Man doesn't even have the ability to do that. So Peter is humbled. He goes back to his roots. He gets some encouragement from Johnny Storm of the Fantastic Four, which was really cool. Um, and, uh... He goes back and taps into the best part of who he... Or one of the best parts of who he is is Peter Parker. He loves science. He enjoys being able to have mastery in this one arena. And maybe he enjoys science, chemistry specifically in this instance, because, um, you know, he has an aptitude towards it, but he's also good at it. And while he can't, you know, be on the football team or whatever... Uh, he can be, you know, he can come in first place in the science fair or do um, some really great things with his knowledge. He can apply himself and, like I said, attain mastery in those areas. And it's really neat to me that that creates an avenue for him to uh, have a victory, have success, um, specifically over Octavius, who's also a very smart guy and who created his own, you know, tentacle system. Um, and... Uh, Anyway, it's just super, super neat. Uh, I really like that he, like I said, was humbled, went back to his roots, and then was able to use the better, more pure parts of himself to solve a problem that the worse, you know, you know, greedy, selfish, uh, arrogant parts of himself kind of created. Now, had he been humble, had he not been wishing for things like a challenge, and Doc Ock had, a, uh, you know, had showed up, shown up, would he have still been defeated? probably um because he didn't know what to expect and he didn't he had no idea how strong uh he would be but anyway that's a counterfactual you can't really uh you know can't really 
take that into consideration when uh, reviewing this. But anyway, um, so <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up now. Uh, I just really want to say that I, I like that. And, and uh, if uh, one of the great things about this, too, was uh, seeing Spider-Man in the lab in his spider suit doing all the stuff that Peter Parker was doing before. And it's kind of cool. Um, it looks great, but the visual of it, like kind of combining these two aspects of himself, uh, into something greater was pretty neat for me to see. So I like that. And like great work by Ditko. Speaking of great work by Ditko, uh, there's a pinup at the end of the issue, which I thought was pretty cool. It's just, uh, Spider-Man being cool, shooting webs. And it says, you know, uh, you know, from your pal Spider-Man, uh, as if he signed it and stuff. And it's just, it's a cute, fun thing. And, um, I'm thinking about back in the day, uh, you, if you were a super nerd, like I probably would have been at the time, uh, you might tear that out and pin it up on your wall. Uh, and that's kind of what the whole pinup thing is, isn't it? And uh, that's just, it's really cool that they would do that. And I, I wonder where that tradition started. That's another thing, you know, as I'm coming to comics humbly, um, I don't pretend to know a bunch of stuff. Uh, it just makes me curious and more interested in this bygone era and in this medium, uh, that, you know, has existed for a long time and has its own culture that I'm not that familiar with, but that I hopefully will become more familiar with as I uh, spend more time uh, checking all this stuff out. So anyway, uh, that's all. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up now. Uh, thank you for sticking with me. Check out mjmunoz.com for more of my work. Uh, I talk about tokusatsu and write original fiction you can find there. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee. Swinging Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunoz.com STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time I'm Swinging Through Comics.